Oh, yeah. And if you let your boy BC digress for a second, I got something new to tell you about. How about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe, right? How about a vehicle equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family? And if you're looking for features, the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has you covered, like available H-Trek all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some of that mud. And with standard third-row seating, you can make sure the whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads make sure no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Make sure you can worry less about the rugged terrain to come. Want to learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe? Head on over to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. It's a 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, oh yeah, right? It's that Friday feeling. I'm on the road with horrible audio. Breathe out so we can breathe you in. Yes, ever long Luke would be a great description for me below the waist. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Morning Combat. It's Friday, October 20th, 2023. I forgot my road microphone and all of you are going to have to deal with it. But that doesn't mean we don't have the best damn combat sports show ready to infect your face hole. Luke Thomas on the other side, that man right over there from the capital, Washington, D.C., UFC 294, just 24 hours away. And Luke, on a scale of uh, of one to, uh, you know, insert the joke, how bad do I sound at the moment? Um, not horrible, not great, not horrible. I just want the audience to understand, <laughs> look at how carefree this man is. Like Tuesday of this week. Showtime shuts down sports division in historic move. Two days later, BC, I may or may not bring my equipment for this job. I may or yeah. may not. So you don't even know. Here's the deal. We got a great show for you tonight, but I'm currently in New York City. Why? Because my morning jacket had a great show for me last night, Luke Thomas. The Beacon Theater, the 20th anniversary concert of the It Still Moves record. Uh, this was an out-of-body experience that that is best explained much deeper than simply saying mushroom gummies, Luke. I don't think it's much deeper than that, but I'm glad you had a good time. I am. I'm really glad. And I'm glad um, you now sound like you're speaking into a tin can of beans that you emptied out to make this show possible. Well, but in emptying them, you better believe I ate them, Luke. There's no question <laughs> about that. But uh, hey, it's October 20th, Friday. Don't know if I mentioned that. And Luke Thomas, before we get into the meat of this show, and apparently, apparently we have a very special guest in our opening segment that will be here. So, so hang tight for a few minutes as we continue to set the stage for Abu Dhabi this weekend. Uh, 
morningcombat.store, Luke, the launch 2.0 of the average Joe Art collaboration. I'm wearing a hat and sweatshirt that don't represent those, but your Ninja Turtles wash dad, uh, part of that larger collaboration collection that average Joe's got going. 2.0 is live right now and it's moving. But if you want more average Joe in your life, MK audience, you're gonna have to buy this 2.0. You're gonna have to take it off the shelves because I've seen the future and I've seen some of average Joe's hinting at what he can produce. And Luke, what's on the site right now is just, just, I mean, what do they call that? The chef's kiss, Luke? It's excellent. It's absolutely excellent. Um, go check it out. Go see what you like. Some of the, my favorite things. And I have to tell you, BC, this morning when I wore this shirt, Tukey, he goes, is that you, daddy? I said, yes, it is. And she yes. goes, Uncle Gringo likes hot dogs. I said, yes, he does. <laughs> she didn't yes, say that. Does. Come on. Yes, she, she what, on my on her life, I swear oh, she said, my Uncle gosh. Gringo likes hot dogs. That's what she said. I'm so typecasted in your household, too, Luke, it <laughs> seems. Wow, that's great right there. Um, thank you. Mikey Mormoff, CBS Sports, by the way, on the ones and twos. We will have a special guest in a moment. We're going to have OK Bet today. We're going to look at what went down at the press conference yesterday in Abu Dhabi as we continue to get closer. And, Luke, there's never been a, a, a closer run in this OK Bet experience. So I'm excited to see our picks today as I have taken over the lead for the first time. And uh, tied into that, by the way, folks, this episode of Morning Combat is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Uh, we love you over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. You saw briefly our social channels below. You can like and subscribe. Dead wrong to close today's episode and morning com YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. For all the bonuses we got this week, guys, Room Service Diaries, Eric Nixick. A breakdown ahead of 294 with Coach Nixick inside the cage at Extreme Couture. Uh, Ken Shamrock, I caught up with him about bringing back his bare knuckle promotion and all that goes on there. Um, you know, Luke talks to a lot of famous people like Gordon Ryan, too, and, and uh, Karen Fitzjobber. Uh, back yes, Karen uh, Fitzjob. Yes, that's exactly yeah. the name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. There we go. There we go. Uh, Luke, see, I went have... to Starbucks this morning. Oh, boy. What's your order? What I know is this is like a hat comedian. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know this is like a hack comedian bit, and you're close to the edge of being a problem, but you haven't gone over it. I don't feel like we are close, but these people who have the orders that go on forever, and I don't mean like yes. everyone's getting drinks. I mean like, you know, dude, like this guy in front of me, this fucking pretentious shitbag with like the Hoka shoes on and like a really nice, you know, fucking. Hey, my wife wears Hoka's, all right? Yeah, I know a lot of people do. A lot of people do, but he was a little more. He he had the he had like those like not just the Patagonia winter jacket, but like the the higher level one than that. Whatever it is. What you, you mean? What you're describing are white yuppies. people you hate. White yeah, no, people yuppies. you hate. Yo, yeah. yeah, there's a certain kind that drives me nuts. The yuppies. The, the, I'm those trying to become them, me. Luke. Okay, so I can't so wait. He, to I live among them. I don't know if I'm trying to become them. I mean, I like their neighborhoods. That's about it. But okay, That's what the, I'm yeah. the point I'm trying to make is this guy's order was like, you know, I need two. Uh, extra stevia, shaken, stirred, upside down, ejaculating this fucking thing, gangbang, bukkake, the whole nine yards, upside Dude, down foam. you are and, that guy in our circle, though. In our circle, you are that guy, and you know you're that guy. Dude, here's my fucking order. Large coffee, milk, two Splenda. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's, you, the, that's the fucking order every time. 
You've always like, hey, can you put the fruity umbrella in as well? You've always, you know, can, does this come with a tampon? Okay, you always I don't think, saying things hey, like can that. you put the fruity umbrella in my unbelievably effeminate cocktail is <laughs> as long a process and as difficult a one as telling people yes. to shake your shit and then fucking dump everything in it and then flip it upside down and remix the shit. What the fuck is, man, just order the shit and move on with your life. You know what we're fuck. learning through this process? As beautiful as it is, and Luke, the two appearances I made to your city over the last year and a half have confirmed how beautiful it is it's magical in some cases but the service workers luke wouldn't sell a joke if you paid them and the yuppie white customers are just long line holding up pieces of shit too right yeah. i mean this is what Listen, it is rule number one when you lose an election don't blame the voters don't blame the voters guy you know you can't yeah. bomb on set and be like oh you just didn't get those jokes what are we doing? Political bits now? You got any anti-union humor, Luke, that you've been no, storing doing, up? It's what? a metaphor. I'm not doing political humor. Oh, it's just a metaphor. Right, I'm just right. saying, fucking A, dude. Go to the shit. Order your stuff. Move on with your life. Move this process along, man. Fuck right. hell. I'm going to begin. We're going to have a special guest joining soon to break down 294 uh, even deeper. But, Luke, UFC 294 talking about getting it going. Uh, it, of course, goes down Saturday, late afternoon. Abu, or is it? Luke, do you know the start time? Is it a main card uh, i can get one? it for you i believe it's 2 p.m but let me double check that very quickly 2 p.m let me double check very quickly and i'll let you and know. uh we're expecting just magic in this one but a lot of talk this week and i think you would argue in fact luke tell me the truth here mm -hmm. because of the kamaru usman video with the possible pop knee or whatever him and justin gaethje are claiming really happened that, that has really aided the idea that chamayev usman for as amazing as this main event is, and Luke, I've got a hard on from here to Hanover. People know this about this main event. This co-main event is almost getting people's main event status because of the buzz around it. Is that true or false? I don't think that's in any way false. Just very quickly to clarify, the prelims for UFC 294 start at 10 a.m. in the East. Your main card will start at 2 p.m. in the East. The main card, of course, will be on pay-per-view. All right. So that out of the way, BC, yeah, I mean, this co-main has really taken on a life of its own. I mean, partly you understand that, right? Because the star power went up. I, I do think that's fair. Kamaru is a more established name than Paulo Costa. Um, you know, headline, many pay-per-views, champion for a long time, probably the second best welterweight of all time, or, you know, certainly in that conversation. And he's bumping up on short notice uh, to take on this. The star quotient really went up and then when they made the new fight it could have been anybody else but because they made a new fight remember they added the title implications on top so this thing they doused gasoline right on top of this fire in a major major way and i think that that's what's explaining that and then of course as you indicated the whole knee gate is it a thing is it not a thing i guess we'll see on saturday but you're right it definitely has in many ways overshadowed something that we got before and was amazing but you have seen it at least once yeah, I do believe we have a piece of video to throw to you, and I do think it's important to hear Kamaru directly in reaction to what we played during Wednesday's show and what has been the talk at the open workouts in Abu Dhabi when Justin Gaethje was grappling with Usman. It did sound like the camera picked up. Uh, Gaethje asking if he was okay. Usman indicating that it felt like something popped. Gaethje would go on Twitter in response during our show and kind of make it feel like, no, I thought he fell on his head. That didn't match up. But let's, if Mikey, if we can throw to the sound from Kamaru this week addressing this directly, let's hear how he defended this whole thing. 
Maru, not only have you stepped in on late notice to take this fight, now it feels like people are trying to give you injuries that you might not even have. There was this viral clip that went around yesterday. I know that you addressed it earlier for the people who don't know. Your knees are fine heading into this fight. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, that's just how rumors start. You know, somebody posts something and then everyone starts jumping on it and then uh, all the doctors start jumping on it. Knees are fine. They will be put to use this Saturday. Boy, Look, Oscar, Oscar, I mean, could you get up on there and just blow Kamaru while you're at it? I mean, Jesus. Well, With he's the just mustache, serving. too. I love Oscar, I mean, by the way. just serving him up. Yeah, just Lord. Say, I mean, we love Oscar. Hold on. We love Oscar, but oh, good God, Lord, buddy. Yeah, Oscar is a, is a weird brother in this weird game. Look, I don't want to be the person that unnecessarily stretches out conspiracy theories, although, boy, do we have a lot to talk about that a recent Hamzat Chemayev clip during media day. Can we get to that in a second? I hope so. But I'm sorry, Usman. We didn't, like, plant the story. The video went live, and we heard what we thought we heard, and now it's up to you to address that. I don't, look, even if he is hurt, which it, I'm, he's not going to say he's hurt. So him coming out and be, you know, doing the whole, it sounds like the media is just lying and playing it up and blowing it up. This isn't the case. This wasn't somebody having a secondhand rumor of a source that they heard that he slipped in the locker room or something. We got it on video here. I just feel there were already enough concerns, suspicions about the combination of Usman's age, his wear and tear, and now you're moving up in weight against a killer. This video did not help that. Maybe do you think this will sway bet, betting aggressively after having people have it? It did. That, it already moved it, it. It already moved it a little bit. Um, well, there's been some updated. There's been some cool. movement back and then a little bit returning to where it was before this whole thing moved around. But certainly, uh, it did affect betting lines at some point. Okay, I mean, plus two sixty on FanDuel is Usman yeah. at the moment minus. 340 Chamai. Yeah, and I think he had dropped to like plus 300 for a brief moment and then kind of returned back a little bit. But even then, it still went up a little. But the point I want to make is, BC, I one time, and you've probably experienced this too on the boxing side, I one time did an interview with a guy. I won't say who it was. Um, it, it was a 20-minute interview, and I later learned, I don't think there was one thing he said the entire time that was true. Like nothing. Like it was just 20 minutes of intentional lying. And you can get mad about that at, at that point in time, but the bigger lesson to draw is that these guys... Uh, they have to in certain ways, at least they believe they have to, I should say, they have to lie as a matter of getting the job done. If you're going to take a fight on short notice and your knee does pop in the open workout, you absolutely, most of these guys are not going to say a goddamn thing unless they really, truly cannot walk, like literally cannot function. And even then, you'll probably have to like kind of sway them to get them to do it. So like, could he be telling the truth? I mean, you can make your best judgment about it just like we can, uh, but that he is denying it doesn't mean anything it doesn't change the story one way or the other because we have no way of discerning at this point anyway whether or not he's telling the truth and we know for a fact fighters on fight week especially will lie big time to get around yeah. any kind of issue that might uh, become an obstacle to making the fight happen. well speaking of issues and who are may who may or may not have told the truth and currently be telling the truth if there's any comparison to how this ufc 294 card has fallen apart so disastrously, yet has been instantly repaired and in some levels, as we talked about, improved, which is really remarkable and you know speaks to the idea of Abu Dhabi in the fall being a true major. We know the potential for site fees. They got to keep the star power high. But the only comparison I can remember for this type of last-minute disaster is UFC 279 last September when Hamzat Chemaev last fought 
and was supposed to be fighting Nate Diaz in the main event, only to miss weight by nearly eight pounds, to angrily act like a over-exaggerated pro wrestling heel in the po- in the interviews that followed about, I don't care, I'm still the best, I'll crush you, F you, all this stuff, yet gets a replacement opportunity against Kevin Holland and freaking destroys him. And then the whole weight gate thing, it never really gets explained. It never The story never advances. Jemaya's been off since last September. He's had visa issues. There's been some kind of like long stretches of not knowing his future. And now he emerges in a number one contender fight in a new division. And Luke, during media day two days ago, we don't have the video ready. I forgot to have Mikey grab it. My apologies on that. But I sent it to you. A lot of people are talking about this. It seems Jemayev said that no one should be talking ahead of this fight about me potentially missing weight. I've only had one weight issue. And he went on to allude that the weight issue was an agreed-upon plan that wasn't his decision. That's not quite what he said. Okay, but this – tell me if I'm if I'm crazy here, but doesn't this kick open the door of that remaining conspiracy, conspiracy theory that even I've thrown around that, hey, maybe UFC realized in the last minute, let's not get Nate destroyed. Let's keep him – in our good graces so we could do the Connor trilogy, blah, blah, blah. You've heard that conspiracy theory. I play into it, but I don't know if I fully believed it's true, Luke. Does this confirm that it's true? That somebody, I'm thinking the UFC, said, look, you're going to blow weight on purpose by a lot, and we're all just going to forget that it's happened, and you'll fight Holland last minute. Uh, dude, tell me true or false. Did it sound like he confirmed that? Because I'm, okay. I want to now stand on the street corner with picket signs and tell the people that I was right, Luke. The sky is falling. No, you have to be careful with this one. So I, I do. Let me say this. First of all, do we have the? Do we have it? Do we have the audio? Do we I have the video? I don't think we have it, unfortunately. Ah, dagger. Uh, see if BC, do me a favor. See if you can dig up exactly what he said. The transcription of it. I want to hear exactly the words he picked. Guys, anytime you enter a scenario like this, you have to remember, it does. I, I will give BC this. When he sent it to me, the first thing I thought was, okay, yeah, this one demands some more questions because. Is it possible, like in other words, if you had to imagine a set of scenarios that satisfy the conditions of what he explained, right, that, that meet the criteria of what he is telling you, uh, how many different versions could you get? Of course, you could get a bunch, but the point is one of the more likely ones is the one that BC, at least you think one of the more likely ones is the one that BC had suggested, which was some of this may have been arranged. Now, that requires another level of information that we don't have, but I want to caution you, you can also explain what he said without doing that, at least in the way you might imagine. BC, do we have the exact transcript of what he said? We do not. I No one aggregated this. Oh, it's got to be apparently. out there. I bet I can find that one. I bet I can find I, that one. I can't find uh, it. It's, it's, it's out there. The point I want to make is, BC, remember some of the details about saying there was a weight miss that wasn't his idea, right? During I got fight the audio. Week, do you want the audio? Video in three minutes. Yeah. BC, listen to me very very clearly. There is a scenario where what he could be talking about, based on what I believe I heard in that clip as well, is that, remember, he wanted to keep cutting weight to see if he could make it, and they didn't want to let him, and they might have forced him into an agreement up at 180, or at least, you know, force him, cajole him, convince him to okay. go uh, at 180. That, I believe, would, if in that kind of arrangement that he might feel like he's being dictated to, that also might satisfy what he's talking about, but I need to hear it again or see it again. That to be is sure. a very plausible uh, 
alibi in this consideration. If he was trying to be the warrior spirit and say, no, I can make this, let me do it. They didn't want to see him get hurt, get compromised, all of that. If it, if his team was more into the idea of a catch weight, get a new opponent, you know, it's up to Nate. And obviously Nate played it like a sly businessman and, and got the best scenario out of it. Yeah, we're, we'll, the proof will be in the putting of the sound that we're about to hear. But thank you so much, Mikey Morris, for grabbing it. But, dude, that was sort of a stop the presses, what are we really saying here type of moment. Because It definitely demands more questions. Didn't no it, doubt but, about it. But, but where do you stand? It's never made sense, right? It's never fully made, made sense what really happened. I come, I come down on this one. People in the fight game do keep secrets. That's true. But... I don't think any of the fighters involved would be good at keeping a secret of something that conspiratorial. I think it would have leaked by now. I just don't believe that. Um, right. That's why it's hard for me to believe. Just the mechanics of the secret don't quite add up. Indeed, indeed. We'll get to that sound. Um, what did you make of the press conference, Luke, which had a lot of Volk versus Islam trash talk? Did, were you, did you think this was a one of the better ones of late? Um... Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. There was a little bit. It was a lively atmosphere in that sense. I mean, when I say good, what are we evaluating? How much truthful information we got? I mean, look at no, Oscar. You want entertainment? You want entertainment? Yeah. I mean, look at Oscar. Oscar's just out there lobbing him up. Uh, but the reality is, it was kind of interesting. I thought Hamzat looked dialed in. I think um, you know, there's a little bit of banter, like you picked up where they left off between Volk and Islam. The more interesting part was some of the audience dynamics, where they were booing. The Indian guy, you remember this? Yes. Because there's obviously like a, you know, there's a Hindu and, and uh, Muslim, obviously, you know, uh, different parts of India are by, represented by different religions. And there's obviously great conflict between the groups. Um, so Dana was like, why is this happening? It's like, well, buddy, you know, there's geopolitical concerns. Also, this whole thing, I know we haven't gotten to it yet, but this thing about Mohammed Mokayev saying that the flags are now banned again at this event, which I know some people are like, oh yeah, that's a smart decision. It's like, guys, you were all high-fiving Dana two weeks ago for being like, yeah, fuck yes. your feelings. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently somebody's feelings got hurt because think, uh, the flags have apparently been taken away. I do agree with the idea that if they do feel like it's a concern, then changing the rules for certain situations is not a bad idea. Anything that you're potentially lowering any combustibility, guys, I'm down for guys, that. All right, you're we do not a the- free speech champion if you change the rules to accommodate situations that make free speech difficult. Yeah. Well, Luke, you know, simple, simple as that. A simple as that. At the end of the day, you know what I mean? Because we all it's have. The sa- it's the same people that do the same thing with or... you know with other. I won't even get into it. But the point no. being is, I don't think it's. I don't. Basically, I don't think it's a not a pragmatic decision. It probably is, is probably wise. Right. All right. Let's 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 see if we you can debunk. Can't this be like well, this is not. A, you can do whatever you want here. No, you can't. No, you can't. Not in Luke Thomas's house. Let's go to this conspiracy video. Here's Hamza Chamaya, Media Day. I think this is the Mac Life capturing this audio. Let's get to the bottom of this weight gate. Uh, he didn't make weight, and everyone speak about my. I didn't make weight, you know, once in my life, and uh, there was some plans to do that. Some way, it's not my plans, but I can't say everything here, and uh, yeah. Dude, yeah. that's that, juicy. that demands more questions. That's juicy, dude. I, I can't yeah. say anything here. That is pretty damn juicy. Speaking of juice, Luke, speaking of spice, sugar, speaking of flavor, let's go to Flavortown. No, Guy Fieri's not here, Luke. <laughs> let's bring in our brother, our colleague, the UFC Hall of Famer and former light heavyweight champion, always sweet, never sour, a tower 
of ayahuasca fueled power it is sugar <laughs> rashad evans back in the building brother what is going on gentlemen what is going on uh great to see you both great to be back on the show all right rashad we've been look, talking look at look at rashad he's got plants in the background <laughs> he's got mushrooms on his shirt i mean you really done a full 180 Wait, man. rashad are you indian style sitting indian I'm style in a piece, pond yes. right now? I mean, what's going on? of course man i'm well, trying to stay in his end Namaste to you too. Namaste, my brother. Thank Namaste. you, Rashad. <laughs> Rashad, we're knee-deep in excitement over UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi on Saturday. We've talked ad nauseum about it. What one storyline from the whole card do you think is the juiciest, the, the one that has the, your attention the most heading into this weekend? Well, I mean, I, you, I think you guys are just talking about it when Hamza just opened up that can of worms talking about uh, <laughs> the, you know, weight gate and him missing it. It's just, you know, like you said, begs for more questions. But more importantly, it's like, you know, you know, what, 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 who, 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 who was this person? You know what I'm saying? I feel like he just kind of opened up a can of worms and really, uh, you know, made himself, put himself in a position where he just needs to answer more of these questions. Indeed, Rashad, indeed. Well, let's stay right here. You've long been a mentor, mentee, confidant, friend of the great Kamaru uh, Usman, the former welterweight champion. There is so much talk about age, knees, upper weight class. He's fielding it, you know, coming off a two-fight losing streak. He's fielding all the negativity now and trying to fight through it. What's the real truth? What version of Kamaru should we expect in a very tough matchup against Jamaya? Well, I mean, this is a Kamaru Usman who, you know, had a championship belt for a while, lost his uh, Leon Edwards twice. And it gets hard to fight from that position, being the fact that you were a champion for a while and now you got to kind of fight down in a sense. So you need something to get you up. You need something that's going to be exciting. You need something that kind of makes you afraid. You need something that's going to make you become the predator once again. And this is what this matchup symbolizes to me. You know, he needs to come back with a big scalp to really show people that he's back on the map. He doesn't have many fights left in him, and he knows that. So with that said, he wants to come out here and he wants to leave it all out there. He's burning the boats and saying, you know what, this is it for me. You know, if I can't make it off this mountain, then, you know, my, my career may be short-lived after this. And that's what I truly feel like he's coming from. Let me ask Rashad, you saw the Gilbert Burns. You, you know Gilbert as well. You, you saw the fight between Gilbert and Hamzat. What did you learn, good and bad, about Hamzat from the Gilbert fight? Well, I learned that he's that bully mentality. And, and a lot of guys who fight with that bully energy, you know, when they get somebody who bites back, there's a reckoning in them where they realize that, yo, this guy is not going to be an easy win. And then you see him kind of slip back into a more conservative type of fight. And I feel like that's where Gilbert was able to gain traction just by being able to go forward. And I feel like if Kamaru does the same thing right out the gate, come forward, and no matter what Hamzat brings in the beginning, he weathers that storm. Hamzat is going to realize he has to settle into this fight, and then he has to realize that the pace that he may push early out is not beneficial for going 15 minutes hard. It's a three-round fight, but he's got a 12-day prep. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've talked to Kamaru, and even if you did, I know you probably wouldn't tell us the game plan. But if you had to corner anyone with that profile, who's got kind of the athlete that Kamaru is, that's filling in under these conditions on a three-round fight, what do you think the logical game plan would be in that scenario? Well, Kamaru keeps himself 
always in pretty good shape. He's always in the gym training. But like you said, there's no training like, you know, when you're getting ready for a fight. With that said, you got to tell him to press on the gas. And I would tell him to press on the gas more, for more than one reason. Not only because he's coming in his fight short notice, but because of the fact that he's used to fighting five-round fights. And when you fight five-round fights, you understand the flow of fighting a five-round fight. So in order to break that when you're doing a three-round fight, you got to go a little bit harder out the gate. I've lost many fights. Be, not many, yeah, I've lost a few fights because I was used to doing five fights. And then when I got the three-round fight, I was still fighting on a five-fight pace. So he's got to go out there and he's got to try to push himself a lot harder than he does for the five-round five, uh, five fights. And if I may, just quick follow up. Just how, how fucked are his knees? Like, where, where, where are they in the scale of grandma to, you know, <laughs> to, to peak uh, Tyreek Hill or something? I mean, well, one knee's in Boca. He's got that. Uh, <laughs> he, he's he's got he's got a very bad uh, bone on bone type action, and and uh, and one of his knees. So it's kind of grinding right now. And and he and he's been trying to do things to prolong it. You know, he's done stem cell and he's done those kind of things to kind of give it a little bit more uh, wear and tear. But the truth of the matter is, it's just that you know, at some point in his life, he's probably going to be looking at a full knee replacement. Uh, it, it, you know, so he's, he's, he's on borrowed time when it comes to just the knee and he understands that. So he knows that, you know, he doesn't have the, the, the ability to, to really, you know, push himself to, to go another, maybe three years, you know what I'm saying? He knows that he's got to hit it right now. So that goes into his mindset. And, um, the thing with Kamaru and that I learned is that he kind of feeds off these injuries going into a fight. You know what I'm saying? Some people, some fighters need something to be like, oh, I'm going in a fight with this and it's going to make me fight harder. The injuries that he has going into the fight, it makes him fight a little bit harder. Absolutely. Uh, Rashad, if there's any synergy here across this great co-main event, and obviously this last minute could be instant classic rematch for the lightweight title between the two top pound-for-pound fighters right now on Alexander Volkanovsky and Islam Mahachev. There's synergy I'm talking about is one, wrestling could be a big part of the, the theme and storyline for whoever comes out on top in either fight. But with that is the idea of a 36-year-old Usman with his physical questions and now a 35-year-old Volkanovsky who's also moving up in weight. How sustainable is a wrestling attack in your eyes? This is a theme that's been coming up lately, you know, in your mid to late 30s, you know, and, and as it pertains to Usman, that's the, the that's that's the horse he rode in on. But he's evolved into such a great striker that I think sometimes he thinks of himself more as striker first. Is it sustainable for these guys in their late 30s to carry on this type of attack? You know, I feel like it's sustainable and it's kind of better than than the approach of going with the striking basis first because when you have the wrestling pressure, it's the pressure, whether you get the takedown or not, that's going to land you in a position where you're in close quarters and where you're not really having to work with your disadvantages as you get older, which is the loss of speed, which is the loss of accuracy and that, and that pop on your punches. So it can really help you uh, push yourself a little bit further. Take, check out Randy Couture. You know, he won a heavyweight title when he was in the later part of his career because of the fact that he fought from that close wrestling position. So even if he lands a takedown or not, Camaro's biggest strength has always been able to keep his opponents on the horns of dilemma, being able to not really guess if he's going to wrestle or he's going to try to strike. Long as Camaro keeps that movement where he's going up and he's going down and he's kind of challenging the wrestling, I feel like his striking will be uh, a lot harder to predict. But also, 
his wrestling will be work a lot better for him. And then the thing also is he's going with a guy in Hamzat who's, you know, he, he's he's got that wrestling prowess, he's got that wrestling pressure, and he knows how to wrestle, but is he ready to wrestle at that length for 15 minutes straight? And a lot of guys, even if they can wrestle, they haven't mentally put themselves in a place to really believe that they can go 15 minutes just straight wrestling. Yeah, very good stuff there, Rashad. Appreciate that. In particular to this main event, obviously a lot of storylines about Volkanovski and the decision he made. But look, Volkanovski looks like he's he knows the secret and he's the only one and we're all going to find out on Saturday. I mean, he accepted this so quickly. He's giddy about it that, yes, <laughs> Mahachev's like you're only doing it for the money. But what do you think Volkanovski knows and what do you think is fueling his confidence to make this gamble worth it? I think he knows that he can wrestle with Makashev. I think that he knows that he can get up and, and getting taken down is no longer a fear because he understands where he can contest in the grappling. And I feel like he's going to want to contend more in the grappling spaces. But I also think that he's kind of erring on the fact that he's been listening. He's been understanding that Makachev for the last 10 to 8 weeks have been training to stand up on his feet and really try to impress people with his stand-up, saying that he wants to finish Charles Oliveira on his feet. So he's kind of counting maybe on the fact that Makachev is going to overextend himself in the stand-up department, which would mean that it would be easy for him on the feet. All right, let's talk about this main event. I had people asking me, Rashad, being like, oh, could it be better for him that it's on 12 days notice? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, there can definitely be scenarios where sometimes a short turnaround powers just the right kind of forces in your favor. But in general, please help the audience understand, if you had it, you know, in an ideal scenario, would you not want a full camp for this, right? Yeah, you absolutely want a full camp for this. I mean, the depth that you're going to have to go. And here's the thing about it. And, and here's the thing that the, the benefit of, of going, having it uh, be short notice plays the benefit in because of the fact that when you went through war with somebody, sometimes thinking about what that war entailed it kind of puts a feeling in your stomach like, damn, do I have do I have it to go again? You know, but having it on a short notice kind of, you know, it eliminates a lot of that. And it's just kind of like I got to be ready for action right away. So you're not playing that mind game with yourself. But at the same time, you, you really have to understand. And I'm sure that he does the length and, and which and the depth that this fight can get to. And um, some people don't want to go to a dark place. But if he's at home, then then it's a benefit for him. OK. That being said, right, you would always want a full camp if you can get it, but there can certainly be ways where a short turnaround can marshal the right forces in your favor. Right. We have a 12-day window here. I know he was probably doing some training, but he also was sidelined with a, you know, a relatively minor-ish orthopedic surgery, okay? Given that this one is five rounds, the co-main is three, this one is five, now how do you game plan if you're Volkanovski? Do you put pressure early and then just punt on rounds four and five if it goes that long? Or do you want to really apportion your offense? How would you strategize around that? Yeah, you, you got to press on the gas right away and just kind of and just kind of hope that, you know, the thing is that Makachev will make mistakes and you want to pressure him and you want to pressure him in the areas and where you are the most confident, where the odds are stacked in your favor, which would be the stand-up for Volkanovski. So it's going to be a lot of sprawling, brawling. And the thing about it is when you put a wrestler on his heels – it's less likely that he's going to get the takedown. So Volkanovski's got to have pressure forward, and he's got to throw a lot of fakes and feints to make Makachev 
have to recalculate himself and have to always readjust because when you're readjusting, you're less likely setting up a shot. So all those things, he's got to move forward, fakes and feints, and really make it difficult for Makachev to feel comfortable early out in that fight and believe that he's strong enough to handle him in the grappling positions. When he's in the grappling positions early out, there's no need to try to engage and try to show that he can handle himself there. Disengage first chance he gets and look knock him. All right. Now, let's say all of a sudden Ali called you and they said, Rashad, you got to go to Abu Dhabi. We need you to corner Islam Makachev. It's you or we can't get this done. All right? What is the strategy for Makachev? Because he is going to have an opponent who's going to come at him like a bat out of hell, who does know how to negate some of, obviously, the, the clinching and the ground exchanges. How do you manage that fight if you're Islam Makachev? You slow down, you slow down Volkanovsky right out the gate, and what you do is, you know, you use whatever tactics that you have. Here's the thing about it. A lot of wrestlers feel like they have to get a guy down to the ground in order to really impose their wrestling prowess. But the thing is, you have a cage, which is very, you know, adjacent to, to having a guy on the ground. So what you do is you put him against the wall. You wall and you brawl him. You make him work his muscles. You make him get that lactic acid. You make him get frustrated in those clinch positions. You kind of make the fight boring for a little bit because you understand that the deeper that this fight goes the more you're going to be able to really put it on them rounds four and five and get, the, and get the win. I love it. Rashad, I love this fight so much. Um, we know what we say about what's at stake here, and obviously for Volkanovski, it's, it's potentially like doubling his critical like resume and legacy. I mean, this is such a big moment, and let's not underscore for Mahachev to be able to get the chance to get two victories over this future all-time great. But we do this to fill hours on podcasts, and we always have to have, well, this will make him the, the, the third greatest of all time. As a fighter, what would this say about Volkanovski to not only become a two-division champion, which is rare enough, but to come back on short notice against this guy? I, th I think it would really put him in a category that, you know, you have to put him up there at one of the greats. I mean, what he's been able to do at featherweight ha has truly been remarkable, and um you know, what he did against Makachev the first time is really something to take notice of. But if he walks away with a victory in this one, there's no doubt about it that, uh, you know, he, he's one of the greatest ever. And, and the thing about it is he's done it in the era where he's had many of those tough challenges. You know what I'm saying? He's had a guy like Max Holloway, who is, you know, one of my favorite guys of all time. And to be able to, you know, beat him the way that he has consistently it really speaks to his dominance and really speaks to the fighter that he is. But if he goes out there and he beats Makachev, my God, I mean, you got it. You got to be saying he's one of the, one of the greatest of all time. You're damn right. That's, I mean, that's the freaking truth. Uh, Rashad, I, I would, I wouldn't want to get out of here without touching on this light heavyweight till uh, with Ankalaev in there against a rising Johnny Walker. And I want to frame it like this, the division, that's your division. And it's wide yeah. freaking open. And every title fight is savagery right now. Is Ankalaev the strongest horse in that overall stable? We just haven't seen it yet or not. You know, what, what are you looking at for him entering this matchup of Johnny Walker? I like Ankalaev and I think that he has potential to be that guy, but I haven't seen anything in his ability that kind of separates him from the rest of the pack. And even in his mindset, when it comes to being the guy who, you know, cause it, it seemed like many times, uh, a couple times where he was kind of handed a position where it was like, okay, this is, this is a, this is a layup for you. You know what I'm saying? And um, he just didn't really pass those tests. So the truth of the matter is I don't really, I don't really know if he is that guy. I think he has that guy in him, 
but I don't really know if he is that guy. But I think, you know who's surging? I think Johnny Walker is surging. And listen, BC, I know how you feel about Johnny Walker, but listen, he's he's surging. He's got he's got his clownish ways. He's kind of calmed down a little bit and he's kind of got a little bit more reserved and really started to tap into his abilities more and just, you know, smarter fight a little smarter. And and I think that, you know, I think that he might be able to give Uncle Live the business just because of the fact that Uncle Live sometimes he doesn't fight the smartest. He's not the fight, smartest fighter out there. And, and and with a guy like Johnny, if you get yourself anywhere where you're not being consistent in the game plan, he will find a way to uh, to seize that opportunity. I mean, he he he's aggressive. I don't know if you've heard, Rashad, but Paul Craig was on this show and he said that, you know, when Johnny Walker was training out there in Scotland, that he penetrated the entire village. <laughs> like he... On, on like a cowboy Oliveira level, he was just like like Kurt Angle with the milk hose. Just I mean, you know where I'm going. With this. Um, you got to be careful freshman year of college in the dorms if your girlfriend's on his floor. You know what I'm talking about yeah, here. Know, Is he that same threat to the title where it's not probable that Johnny Walker gets into a title fight, but he might fuck around and end up there? Like, like really? You know what I mean? One one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean. You know, when you look at Johnny Walker, he does have that goofiness in him, but he's got some true some true talents and some attributes in his physical body that makes it so that he can be a true threat to this division. He's really long, and uh, he's got some power, and he fights really well all over, and he's lost enough fights to understand how to win. And by that, I mean this. Sometimes you got to take those lumps. Sometimes you got to shed that fear of losing and being in a fight where you're losing in order to understand how to come back and how to work your way through those difficult situations. I'll just say this. Uh, can he stop shaking his hips every time he walks <laughs> to the goddamn octagon, please? I just, you know, spare me. I, I didn't go to thunder from down under, all right? Yeah. I mean, his twerking during the prep point. I mean, Rashad, He's a what's your mindset like when you get to the prep point? His mindset is like, I'm at the club. It's I don't understand yeah. that. Yeah, you know what it is? It's just him just trying to let go. And, and the thing is that you try to do something silly. You try to do something that, that makes you feel like you can be you. You know, yeah. and, and that's the thing, because so many times you get to the to the fight and you're just kind of in the deer in the headlights and you're thinking about everybody watching. You think about what's going to happen and you just forget the fact that you're just there to really let go. Right. Really let go and just trust your training and 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 free yourself. It's a freeing moment. But sometimes when you have your dreams and your aspirations tied up in what you want, you kind of tend to clinch up and. Sometimes you got to shake your hips and loosen it all out, baby. I used to well, grab my nipples. Rashad, unfortunately, they won't let me That's watch. That's what Rashad's talking about. I used to grab my nipples. Before the fight, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say, Rashad, if I was trying to be free and, like, loose in the prep point, I don't think they'd let me watch pornography and shopping. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, but uh, la last one for me, Rashad, before you go. Last one for me. I will yeah. say this. So the the John Jones-Dominic Reyes fight was what? February of 2020, if memory serves. And this division still hasn't recovered. They still haven't figured it out. They still haven't established a hierarchy. Now, three, basically, three, almost four years later. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that is, that's truly remarkable. And it kind of reminds me of the time when, you know, when, when uh, it was like that when I was there. You know, it went from uh, Rampage to 
uh, Forrest Griffin, to myself, to Machida, to Shogun. And it was just uh, just a smorgasbord of the top challengers just changing the belt. And uh, it's like that right now. But then there's there's going to be one. There's going to be one that separates himself from the pack. And I just I just ha- I don't know who that dark horse is. You know, I feel like uh, Prohaska does have the ability, but he's so much of a wild card in the way that he moves. He leaves a lot, a lot of uh, meat on the bone for for his opponents to really take a bite out of if he makes that mistake and they're able to seize upon it. So I don't know who's going to walk away with the Game of the Thrones, but I feel like it, it's going to be definitely decided within the next the next few months. Wow. Wow. Can't wait to see that. It's going to be there. All those fights right now are spectacular at 205. It's a really fun, weird, wild time. Rashad, to close here, we do uh, appreciate your perspective as always. And there was sort of a big headline with UFC getting out of the USADA business, but then pivoting quickly to a whole new drug testing program. There's been debates. There's been, you know, a lot. It almost feels political in a way in some of the debates, but from a fighter's perspective, how big is this news? Is this a positive development? How do you frame all this? You know, I feel like it's big news, uh, definitely big news from a fighter perspective because of the fact that there was so much weight put on everything with USADA, being able to have your whereabouts and being able to abide by those rules and make sure that you were a clean athlete. So I feel like now it kind of throws fighters in, in a weird space where they're like, Okay, like like truly, what is this all about? You know what I'm saying? Because they they there's been rumors and and you know there's been talk about the reason why the USADA and UFC deal didn't work out because the USADA didn't want to bend on, you know, UFC wanting to give special allocations to certain people. Uh, so you know, fighters are kind of maybe a little shaken by the whole the the whole um, the whole sincerity of the whole you know the drug testing thing. So I feel like it kind of throws fighters into a weird place. And I've heard fighters make some comments and just kind of like, you know what, man? I mean, they, they just, they're going to do them, you know? There it is. There it is right there. Sugar. Fuck How about that? Rashad <laughs> Evans. Yeah, take you Sada and shove it. I want, I want Ubering back. Okay. There's still time to make a comeback. <laughs> Sugar Rashad Evans. We love your work as well on uh, ESPN during the UFC post fight desk. Uh, hope to Thank continue you. to see you there as well. Thank you for joining us. Let's not be strangers. We love you around these parts. All right. Love you guys, man. Love being on the show and uh, have me back anytime. Indeed. Give me Indeed. some of those mushrooms, Rashad. How about that? Yeah. Why don't you do I got that? you. Yeah. Hey, go to gethumble.com. I got you. All right. All right. We'll do yeah, that. get our address for some samples. There we go. Sugar Rashad Evans, 294. Uh, great chatting with him. Luke, back to that 294 main event. We do have some sound on the, the topic of rehydration, which I think has fueled a lot of the argument between Volk and Islam. I'd love to be able to play this sound and then we can close out on that topic. Mikey, hit it. Well, do you realize that in a Saturday night you will be fight with Enarza Islam Makachev? He will be stronger, he will be tougher than he was in Australia. Why? Because, uh, why? Because he is in a better shape hey? in February. Why are you telling me that uh, him rehydrating for 30-something hours isn't enough? He's going to be stronger with 40 hours? Is that really what we're relying on over here? You don't back your skills? I, I don't show, get it. I, show I don't get it. I back I my skills. That's the difference. I, I really I don't get it. I show everything. 
You're gonna show be patient, what? be patient. I show you. Yeah, I show you my power and everything Saturday night. Oh, so you you didn't have that power February? Yeah, I don't. Because have. you only had thirty something hours. Not thirty. That wasn't not enough. thirty, man. That's not thirty hours, man. mate. Thirty no, hours. No, no, not thirty. Thirty hours, no, mate. No, no, no. You don't need time for. I don't for know recovery. what world you're living in, mate. I don't need more than thirty hours to rehydrate. Man, I wake up. I'm a fighter. I will turn up and I back my skills. That's why I'm here today. You'll be this. Twelve days notice. Luke, based on those comments, based on hearing Rashad break down what it would mean to Volkanovsky's legacy to do this against this guy, short notice, all that, but adding in the idea that Volk is telling us up front, I'm coming in there to knock him out, basically. Like this, if he, I mean, there's almost calling your shot, dude. Like this is getting... Herculean, this whole, this whole thing. But I feel like he's. You know the guy they haven't putting... fought yet, right? I mean, for the second time, you know, like. But I feel like he's like, the guy putting. You're like the ascribing this achievement. I mean, look at this, what he has achieved. I'm like, he lost the first one. They haven't fought the second. Calm down. Calm okay, down. all I'm saying is he's got a in in a, like he's got a boner, Luke, of of what he's bringing to the table here. He's cocksure. He's ready. Yeah. Um. Damn, if he pulls it off in this manner, like by knockout, by calling your shot, this guy's the baddest motherfucker we've ever seen. I mean, this is incredible. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing. It'd be, it'd be, I, dude, if he got a split decision, I'd be amazed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if he eked it out, I'd be like, how the hell did he do that? If he fucking goes in there and finishes Islam, that's just another level of, you know, borderline impossibility that you would just, I mean, we already said it, right? It's He's already probably the most talented featherweight we've ever seen. You could maybe make the case for greatest. It's, we've been over this debate, whatever. But he's the guy. Uh, and then if he goes in there and in a rematch, finishes off the other guy who has the pound-for-pound pound claim on short notice, like just straight up just demolishes him. You know, he was already going to be put in the pantheon of all-time greats just if he won. You do something like that where BC, like, I'm not saying a run at 155 would be likely, but could you imagine if he defended the 155 pound belt like one or maybe against two Against Connor times? next, and against Connor McGregor okay. at UFC 300. This is what I'm saying though. Like yeah. if he defends, even dude, even if it was like a, a Justin Gaethje, man, dude, just think about that yeah. for a second. Volkanovski versus Justin Gaethje, you'd be like, what? That's fucking crazy. And imagine he won. So I mean, we're we're, we're putting things that haven't happened at all into motion, but the world you're exploring there is not implausible. And the world you're exploring, there is one where Volkanovsky truly puts his place as one of the absolute very best to have ever laced up the gloves. No doubt and, about it. And part of me wants to go, okay, we need to learn to pump the brakes. Like when Izzy was about to fight Blahovich, not only were we giving Izzy the win in advance, we were like, okay, so he's going to fight John at heavyweight to become a three-division champion, right? And we romantically wanted to buy in on that prospect, and it was there. Things happen in this game. Blahovich won a, a strategic fight, and we tempered that. Except in this case, I did see Volk in that first fight not fight on even terms because I didn't score it against. I didn't score it for him any level that I watched it so far in, in multiple replays. But I have the respect to know that it was close enough in certain areas that this is possible, and that's the that's that's what this fight is all about. Luke is this guy. So confident, so talented, and so just mindful of this moment that there's almost some McGregor magic sprinkled on it. That like, man, if I buy into the romanticism of what he's selling, in fact, Luke, I've bought it. I'm in. I'm here. Oh yeah, you've bought in. 
I'm in. I want this to happen now. It feels all warm and tingly, you know? Weird, right? Yeah, I mean, again, I may the best man win. We'll talk about our okay bet picks here in just a second, but you got to give – I will say this. It makes sense for him to play up the angle that he's playing up. Like, this whole thing, like, I'm betting on my skills and you're betting on your weight cut. Well, yes, because weight cuts have enormous influences on how fights go. So, yes, it, it would be stupid to not be mindful of this weight cut given how much he is trying to get down. And Volkanovski's like, I'm going to win on my skills independent of weight. It's a great angle to play. It's a great angle to play. It's just that, um, you know, while a great sales angle, it doesn't mean much for the fight itself. It's just a way which to sort of to present his cause. Yes, and apologies for any choppiness, by the way, in my McDonald's Wi-Fi here, Luke, but I am sully sullenbergering this this whole broadcast look right now it's fantastic you've been sully sullenberger a lot of broadcasts <laughs> can we just have one flight that doesn't crash land into the hudson can we it's like is the is the yeah, real storyline what, what's the real message from this film that this pilot keeps saving the day or that this pilot keeps causing all of these fuck ups? Yeah, stop, you know, it's like it's like sully stop hitting the fucking birds man <laughs> stop hitting the birds well, look, this topic is the perfect transition into what we do every Friday. When we go head-to-head, -head, five picks apiece, and the vaunted segment, that is OK Bet. And by the way, this OK Bet segment we're about to watch, it's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Buckle up. It's this close right now atop the leaderboard. Get ready. It's time to OK Bet. Yeah. Yeah. Luca, you quick recap of last week. You went two and two. You had a canceled fight. Are you doing six this week or no? I didn't. I can do. I can do another. I can do another KO or sub today if you want. I have one written down. I can do another one that you didn't pick. Okay, you went two and two last week. I went four and one for the first time. The lead changed hands. I am in first place at a 500 record of 74, 74 and one. Luke has dipped to 71, 72 and Shameful. four. Shameful. Uh, KY, you know this guy K, Luke? The fellow yes. who, yeah, the fellow who we had on fan subs. He is a couple ahead of me right now. He thinks he's playing against us right now all year, Luke. And I'm I'm about to welcome him into this journey with us, all right? He's not playing against us. I, I had to explain this to the live chat audience yesterday, BC. I guess we didn't explain this. Folks don't realize. So if you go in, this doesn't count for the main event, right? For the main event, we can both pick, you know, whatever, same guy yeah. or not. But for the rest of them, if you pick one, I have to pick a different one. Yes. And so correct. if Kay was actually playing with us, there would be a slim pickings kind of choice at the end. You're just playing separately the same game. Yes. You're like, Kay, you've worn condoms this whole time. And like Brandon Royville, we've been raw dogging it. All right. You know what I mean? Like that felt weird to deliver. Dude, I bet there. you Johnny uh, Walker just hates condoms. He must be like, yeah, just, fucking condoms just, are just the worst. Here we go. I Luke, I have champion's choice here for the first time, meaning I could have vetoed any any if we had similar picks i would have had first veto it also gives me the idea to go first or second so look i'm gonna go first here we go main event is you the ufc 294 lightweight title rematch the clash mahachev versus volkanovsky your updated odds right now on FanDuel plus 205 volkanovsky and minus 260 mahachev and yes, Luke, I'm drunk on the red wine. It's red panty night. I am all in on this idea. Many people would not take this fight. Volkanovski is right what he says. Even smaller is there a list of people who could pull this off. 
It's just that this guy is on that list. He is the list right now. He is an all-time great in the, you know, probably the tail end of his of his prime here at 35, but he does not only does he still have it, he's still evolving and getting better. The evolution of his wrestling last time out was incredible. He also had moments on the feet. Is it extra crazy to say, okay, now you've set yourself up where you basically need a knockout as well? How freaking crazy is that? I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe he does have the ability to gut out five-round cardio and has just enough to win a split decision. I don't actually know how it's going to happen, Luke, but I'm done for missing out on what we're watching here is a special fighter in the midst of a special career, and he came really close last time out to pulling it off, and now they gave him another chance. And even though it's 12 days notice, he had some control in this. He threw himself at the opportunity He's he's overly confident. It's got to be for a reason right here. I don't I don't doubt that he might be playing up that he wasn't in deeper shape than he actually is. Like that could be part of this equation too. All I know is as great as Machev is, this guy's the only one in the sport who's actually greater, who actually can land this plane. So I'm taking uh, Sully Sullenberg and Orovsky, Luke by upset across the top. And I'm hooked on a feeling. Don't mention the Jamel Charlo. No, this isn't a trend. But I'm I'm all in. Okay, I'm all in. All right. I gotta say that's the longest winded pick, where your whole justification is vibes. <laughs> you could have just said vibes. Uh, I'm gonna go Makachev for my main card pick. Uh, the first fight was very, 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 very competitive, uh, but in the end. I thought Makachev won four of those rounds, three without dispute, and then really all four. But um, I think that if this were a case where both teams had a full camp, I would feel probably somewhat differently. But I just believe that Makachev having adequate time to rehydrate, he made weight, he looked good, actually. Uh, all, I mean, you know, they don't look amazing, but they he looked pretty good, all things considered, for the weight cut this time. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And uh, I think that there are ways, man, where, don't get me wrong, is Volkanovsky a live dog? He certainly is. 
but there is just not enough appreciation for how difficult it is what he is attempting in real world terms to do this on short notice after having surgery. It's just so far from ideal in terms of circumstances. So I expect it to be close. I expect it to be competitive again. I just don't believe he's going to win three of those rounds. Give me Makachev to retain his lightweight title. Yeah, you know what? I, I've decided not to be conservative despite getting the lead for the first time because, Luke, if I'm going to win, I'm going to win on principles. I'm going to win on vibes. You know what I mean? I'm going to win on directions. To be clear about this pick, we should be honest, man. Like, Volkanovsky is hard. It, it, it's like picking against Volk is like picking against, you know, it doesn't. it's not exactly the same, but it feels a little bit like picking against Bud Crawford a little bit. You're like, you're going to pick against yes. that guy's talent, you know? Because one it's, thing... What, sorry, one thing you said about Volkanovsky when we were identifying like the stakes of this whole fight and the storylines was the idea that his legacy would surround that he has elevated elements of the game right along with his success. So, you know, he's leaving an impact. He's, cha- you know, he's he's challenging those that on his level to to basically raise their game. You know, I mean, he fought Max three times and won all three. I mean, that's insane. He that it's like. I don't. I don't want to be the one who didn't think he could do this. You know what I'm saying? Like because if anyone can, it is this guy, man. It is. They, they, I, he, I didn't yes, want him he, to be this good, Luke. Well, I was cheering for Ortega to keep that shit tight. Okay. I know, Turns I know. out he had this, an alien in his armpit, Luke. This guy's not real. Okay. Yeah, but I have a feeling that the people who are now big on Volk missed the real Volk window. The real Volk yeah, window yeah. was when he was beating Jose Aldo and Chad Mendez. That was when you should have been on it. And then watched it because now asking him to do the most superhuman thing of his career, it's like this is in terms of his technical knowledge, the best he's ever been. But the prep could not have been, you know, so, 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 so unideal. Again, I want to say it one more time. You see, if this was full camp versus full camp, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That changes it for me, but it's not. And so for that reason, you just got to go Makachev. Well, maybe that's, I don't know. All I'm saying is there, I think there was something strategic about. Like you can say that's all bullshit because they probably offered him a lot of money and he probably really knows how this game works and realized this fight may never happen, blah, blah, blah. I just think them being so excited to to accept it under these circumstances means there's something to that to them in the strategy. Like if we can catch Mahachev off guard, that could be an advantage to, toward us. And Luke, say what you want about the 12 days. I know Mahachev was ready and in camp for Oliveira and he's a badass MF or Mahachev. He is. But you are catching him off guard. This, there's, there, there is an element of that that could be advantageous for a mind like Volkanovski. Look, I was trying to think like, who do I respect on like the overall fight IQ, just genius part? And there's a bunch of geniuses out there, right? Or, or fighters that have had genius runs, you know. And Adesanya had a freaking genius run, but I think like Henry Cejudo is the only guy who I esteem on the Volkanovski level of, of, of just being a, you know, two three steps ahead. Yeah, but even his, his wins in my mind. I mean, he's got the he's got the two belts in the Olympic champion. But like, if you just look at the names as his best wins, the the best one is Demetrius Johnson, which was highly disputed. Um, obviously, he you know he pasted Dominic Cruz, but like I don't, I, I would actually say Volkanovski's got better names on his resume uh, overall. Even though yeah, I mean Demetrius Johnson in this type of conversation too, Luke. I mean these are the legends of legends, man. You know. 
It's what All it right. is. Let's keep these picks rolling, though, huh? Well, I'm I'm just toiling in this pool of romance that I'm that I'm. I see that. I just myself. just yeah. drinking the bathwater. I don't want to drink the bathwater. Okay, you know? there we go. Uh, don't yeah, there we go. Second one, Luke is going to be a favorite. And dude, I I'm off the menu here. I have gone off the menu. Um, I don't know where BKFC 52 is taking place this weekend, Luke, and I don't know if it's tonight or tomorrow, but I do know in the main event. Reggie Barnett Jr. will defend his BKFC Bantamweight title against Keith Richardson. I've done enough research to tell you, Luke, that uh, Barnett is a minus 130 favorite to the minus 115 Keith Richardson. So this is basically a pick em fight. I mean, I think it's pick em anyway on this level of BKFC. But I'm going to take the favorite here, Reggie Barnett Jr. I'm, I love I love the spiciness of putting something ridiculous on this OK bet lineup, Luke. And this is pretty ridiculous. So I'm going to take the champion to defend minus 130. OK, I for my favorite, I have Anshul Jubilee beating Mike Breeden. Anshul Jubilee joins us by our friends at FanDuel as a minus 280 favorite. He came from the Contender Series and then won his last contest on the Lewis Spivak card. It looked pretty well-rounded, a little bit green. Uh, but you know, reasonably well-rounded, aggressive. You know, has good balance striking. You know, decent control on the ground. He had a gift wrap kind of ground and pound actually to finish off or nearly finish off his last opponent. Mike Breeden's done a lot. I hate to say it, but he's done a fair a bit of losing uh, through the course of his UFC career. His record sits at ten and six, but. Uh, he lost in the first round to Terrence McKinney. He lost a uh, decision to Natan Levy. And then he got finished off in the first round by Alexander Hernandez, which, of course, was his UFC debut. I think this is going to be a chance for Jubilee to look pretty good, being comprehensively better. I'll take him. All right, Luke. We'll see if this pans out for you. We're going to go to the underdog now. And I'm going to take the local favorite here. Mohamed Yaya will be making his UFC debut. And he's a plus 140 underdog here. Um, I'm trying to trying to remember his uh, opponent here. It's Trevor Peak, excuse me. So it's a lightweight tilt, Luke. It's the debut for the Dubai product here, and uh, you know, this is kind of just let's roll with the storyline here. Let's roll with the theme. Trevor Peak is decent. He can get it done, Luke. He's country strong, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to play on the uh, the storyline angle here and the romanticism, and he's going to make this home debut in the UFC. And his, I mean, it's going to be special, Luke. All right, it's going to be like Friday Night Lights. It's going to be just, you know, uh, clean, clear eyes, pure heart. Luke can't lose, you know? Very good. Okay, uh, I like that idea. BC, for me, for my underdog pick, you know, I actually had some folks say they got they were kind of bitter at us because we didn't talk more about Shara Putin Magomedov. Are you aware who this gentleman is? Is that the guy who uh, has, like, the reddish, like, Teen Wolf-looking vibe going? Yeah, he's got an eye way out here because he, yeah. he had to get, like, I think something like eight or so surgeries, maybe even more than that on his so eye. So he's says, on this card, Luke, you're telling me. Yes, he's opening the show, actually, against Bruno Silva. Now, for my underdog pick, I've got Bruno Silva. I should say, for folks who don't know who Magomedov is in this particular case, he won a fair number, I think, of national Muay Thai titles as a kickboxing background. He puts punches and kicks in combination well together. He is very uh, aggressive. He's got a lot of showmanship when he competes. Uh, he also appears to be a real piece of work, BC. There's video of him, like... Uh, harassing and like slapping uh, a couple in Russia at a mall who were having what I would consider very minor public displays of affection. He punched a guy who submitted him in a grappling tournament uh, who was much better than him. So he seems like he's got some real issues as a person. However, as a fighter, he's got some abilities as well. He is your favorite. Bruno Silva, though, kind of went toe-to-toe -to -toe for a little while with Alex Pereira. Didn't win, but certainly looked 
you know, reasonably good for the Wild. Now, he has had some issues since then, but uh, if we're going to have to pick underdogs, it's about as good as one I can find on this card. Which, by the way, this card has a lot of lopsided fights from an odds standpoint. Yes. Unusual for UFC cards. Indeed, but Luke, we don't talk about Bruno in this space. I think you are making a mistake running directly into a rising comet because I don't know much about this guy that you're explaining, yeah. but I've seen a lot of him across my timeline. So the 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 hardcore you know backbone of this fan sport, Luke, has been fired up for this guy for a while. Maybe he comes in like a badass villain with like Drikas Duplessis vibes and just starts walking through. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. It's like the problem is this. I don't like any of the other underdogs. It's not like I love this choice. I yeah. don't love it. I do think that Mega Madoff is going to win. Uh, it's just like what's the best of a bad choice that I have? I, I mean, there might be some other ones. I'm you sure don't care whether that win, pick but... lives or dies, just like the yeah. MK audience. Luke. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, just like you. Sure. Just like yeah, your liver. Like All right. Um, I'm going to go down to the over-under now, Luke, and there's a – the zone UK based boxing event as Jack Catterall, who you may remember, uh, appeared to pull the upset of Josh Taylor, but really got an unfavorable scorecard and never got a rematch here. He's going to welcome 38 year old Jorge Linares, who is always in impeccable shape and is really talking into and playing into the romanticism. I keep using that term today, but really in this case of this old gunslinger coming back for one more run. The problem is it's at 140. Linares has been KO'd kind of brutally by Pablo Cesar Cano at this weight class before. Chin is always an issue with this guy. Impeccable boxer, world-class heart, all of that. Catterall is going to do some damage, Luke. I'm going to say this doesn't go the distance. And old Jorge, they, they kind of have to uh, remove him. You know what I'm saying? I hope it doesn't go there, but that's it's trending that way Saturday. Yes, it certainly is. All right, so for my pick on this one, for over under, I'm going to say that uh, Ikram Alaskarov, Alaskarov, excuse me, and Warley Alves will not go the distance. Warley Alves has been on a bit of a slide of late. He lost to Nicholas Dalby via split decision earlier this year, and then before that, he got finished off inside of two rounds by Jeremiah Wells. Has been kind of up and down, but he got finished by Randy Brown and he got finished by James Krause all the way back in 2018 and then 2019, respectively. So. Um, he's got some issues. He's not really been on top of his game since he defeated Colby Covington all the way back when. And Ikram Alaskarov is a fucking destroyer from the future sent back in time to terrorize us. I think he's going to run over this guy. Um, give me uh, Alaskarov to win inside the distance. Yeah, this or, is a... To not go the distance, I should say. This is a bone air fight for one Luke Thomas. This is a get-ready world. How many... How many erections can we fit into a pair of dungarees type of fight, Luke? And I'm here for it. You know, I'm definitely here for it. Let's go to KO or sub. Hey, let's go to the co-main event of UFC 294, Usman versus Chemaev. I don't know fully what to make of the whole popping situation, but either way, Usman's in a situation where he may be on an extreme slide. And it's not like an extreme slide like – there's nothing left, but not on this level, not against this guy, not one division up. I kind of feel like the pre-existing questions were already enough to put him in potential peril in this matchup without the idea of a popping knee. So let's even remove that video. Let's just talk about 36-year-old Usman trying to pull this off. I'm just not feeling it. And I think he's going to try to push the pace like Rashad said and make it maybe a bit of an action fight. But you bring that on? think he's gonna like the ending Luke I got Chamayev by KO I win if it's a KO either way but I say this three-round fight ends early and it's by knockout 
Yeah, I don't think that's – I don't disagree with a word of that. I think that's exactly I, I, – it's the same way. Like, people are feeling it with Volk, right? But they're just uh, – you just don't feel that way about about yeah. uh, Usman's chances. I mean, I don't, I don't see a lot of evidence of that anyway. I so. will say, Luke – the the like the combination of super fans on on X on Twitter I'll never say X like yeah just don't X say X joke. it's fucking stupid yeah yeah it's it's pretty lame um you know outside of the, I mean I will say Luke a lot of people are like I saw Danny Segura had a very romantic message like a lot of people to them Usman Chimaev is their Super Bowl and I could see it be even if it plays out the way I think it will with with Chimaev stopping him in in a kind of an action fight it's gonna it's gonna be fun watching it get there. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I think Usman's going to go for it. I mean, he's, yeah, that's he, right. He's going to go for it. It's, you, you. I don't think anyone's like, oh, Usman sucks. I don't. I mean, I hope. I hope no one's saying that. I mean, I'm sure I'm, so there's some idiot out there saying that, but like, people aren't believing he'll get the job done. Not that he's some fucking scrub, right? There's a big, yeah. big difference. So, the thing is that people feel like Volk will rise to the occasion, and again, of course, he might. Uh, but I feel like most of the vibes, so to speak, are definitely in Chamaya's favor for good reason, and also because he hasn't fought in a long time. He's like this, like this crazy contender now, so there's a lot of reasons why things are happening the way they are. No, you're right, and also like, I don't know, um, it's gonna be hard to do for Usman. It's gonna be hard to do, and I feel like when we saw Woodley, when it when it fell apart for Woodley, or, or you know, the, the most recent champion before Usman. Like those last couple of resuscitation attempts, like there was just nothing there. Like there was some disconnect for Woodley. He wasn't kind of going all balls out. And then he did go balls out that one fight and it was it was fun, but he ended up getting stopped. But um, like when it was over, dude, it was over. I don't think it's over for Usman, but I think it's trending that way. That's all I'm saying. There all right. Go. Very good. I mean, dude, he look at him. I mean, he's not. I mean, look how big Chemayev is, bro. Yeah. Fuck. He's looking at Kamaru like he's lunch. Yep, this is the wrong time, Luke. It's, this is the wrong guy at the wrong time for the for this for this comeback right now. Wrong guy. You know what? I feel really happy the fighters are getting paid to wear the Rock shoes. You know, that's a nice, yeah. nice little touch. Yeah, you know, yeah, Dwayne the Rock. I mean, that yeah. Do you think that guy uses uh, dollar bills as toilet paper, Luke? He's he's on that level probably. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I'm sure he has like literally cried into bags of money. So. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Uh, well, how to teach you? Just just sneeze into that hundred over yeah. there, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, for my last pick, KO or sub? Give me Dudakova winning via sub. BC, this has got to be one of the fights you care the most about around in terms of where your pants are at. We have a blonde <laughs> Russian, so, Victoria Dudakova. That's such, an, that's such an unproven theory, Luke. I mean, that is I just. I don't, I don't think it's unproven at all. <laughs> She's taking on Jin Frey. Jin Frey. I never remember how to pronounce her name. Who has been on a slide, unfortunately, right? So she's lost three in a row to Vanessa Demopoulos, Pollyanna Viana, and Elise Reed. She did have a couple wins before that, but it has been up and down in general. Dudakova is the one who uh, threw the other girl to the ground, the other competitor, Estella Nunez. And remember, she dislocated her elbow on the well, the Apex card. It was really gross. Dudakova was the one who was fighting her. She won on the Contender Series before that, but she's had a bunch of submissions in her career. She's a big favorite here. I think she's going to win no matter what. The question is whether KO or sub, or of course decision. I think it will go. I think it will get stopped, BC. And so for that reason, I'll take a flyer on sub. All right, this is going to get juicy. This okay bet, it's going to get juicy. Oh, do you want me to do a sixth pick to make up for last week? Yes, yes, Mikey. If you can give us a thumbs up on that, Luke, what are you picking here? All right, so I've been thinking about this one a little bit. I'm gonna say, 
I uh, do I do I now which category am I picking? The last one? You can pick it any category you want. Any category? So give me Cedric, I believe that's how his name is pronounced, Dumas, uh, versus Abu Azatar. Not going to go the distance. I'll take the under okay. on that. Okay. There you go. I like that. Luke, I have one final question on this card. Who is going to make a bigger headline at the end of the day? Is it going to be Ikram Alaskarov? Is it going to be Javid Basharat? Or is it going to be Shara Buttin Magomedov, who is opening the card? Who's going to have that place? That, that atop your, you know, your your phallic staff, Luke. Probably it's going to be Magomedov, probably, of the okay. three. Because the thing is, Basharat, I think, is going to shine, but Victor Henry's a real game opponent. I know that I know that Basharat is heavily favored in the odds, and I understand that, but I do think Victor Henry will put up a, a, a stern resistance. Uh, but I but the thing about Magomedov is he wins kind of spectacularly. Like, they're like highlight reels, you know? So I suspect that if anyone will shine among the three you've mentioned, it's him. All right. This OK Bet segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Uh, enjoy the fights this weekend, folks, and follow our OK Bet path here to forcing somebody to go to a concert that, man, they would they just don't want to be at. They just don't want to be seen at. They don't really want to be close to that. You know what I mean? They'd actually do anything but be there, really. You know, like they're there against their will. They're there like they are like they are vetoing the public idea that they are okay with this situation. That's that's the level of passion, Luke, that we're putting into the segment suddenly. Okay. You look so drunk and bloated. (laughs) You're like, good news, BC. You're now reminding us of Belushi. I'm like, oh, yeah, really? They're like, yeah, like the the ending. Lutarski, 0.0. There it is. Okay. Hey, Luke, we got a couple quick topics here to review of of breaking, not breaking, but latest news here. Uh, And topic number one is BKFC has them a big-time main event. It's going to go down December 2nd. Salt Lake City, BKFC 56. Get this. Mike Perry versus Eddie Alvarez atop the pay-per-view. Also, Ben Rothwell versus Todd Duffy, I believe, for the heavyweight title. Christine Ferreira is back against Best Beck Rawlings. I think that's a rematch. There's some history there. Uh, a couple other names if you actually follow the BKFC. This is a loaded card. Luke, your reaction to Perry versus Alvarez December 2nd. Dude, and they put it in Salt Lake City, too. Now, I don't think that'll mean much for Perry and Alvarez, but they got heavyweight fights on this motherfucker in altitude. Like, (laughs) just, you know, turn up the dial for maximum sloppiness. Um, I mean, if you're into BKFC, this is a sick card, right? How can you say it's not? Mike Perry continues to be one of the very few guys who has carved a MMA-adjacent path. Uh, not inside MMA at all, but still staying very relevant in the sport and very relevant in combat sports, certainly, and doing great things and winning big fights. Here's another one. Eddie Alvarez also, I think, if you're uh, at Team Eddie Alvarez, you're probably asking, well, how many more big fights does he have left? Some, but probably not a lot. This is a big one. If he were to get one, it would set up a lot for him, but I suspect that Mike Perry is about to do Mike Perry things. So, um, yeah. Yeah, great, great. It's a if you like BKFC, man. I, I mean, this seems like your Super Bowl a little bit. Yeah, there are parts of BKFC that I really like. Their ability to tell stories, the kind of trashiness of how they tell those stories too, and also certain members of this fighting corporation like put on really entertaining, compelling, dramatic 
fights that feel like stories are being played out. Mike Perry against Luke Rockhold was one of those, even though it was like this quick beatdown. It was like, holy shit, Mike Perry has elevated himself to something different out here in the Indies, you know, not with the UFC anymore, but like bigger than ever. And now this is a perfect matchup, just, just putting two brawlers that we love, but based on experience and size and everything we know about them, Luke, you got to lean heavily on Mike Perry, which I sounded like you were already doing in this case, yeah. right? The thing is, Eddie is, you know, Eddie, Eddie is just one of the more remarkable competitors we've ever seen, but he is long in the tooth at this point, and uh, Mike is not, you know, so. Mike's in his prime, man. I mean, he, he looks, He's wow. killing it, dude. He's absolutely, he in his podcast, breaking all that news around UFC 294, like, Mike's doing well for himself. Indeed. Uh, do you have any thoughts on a Rothwell Duffy kind of weirdo matchup here? It's, it's. I mean, they're going to throw bombs, Luke. But I actually like expect? both of these guys a lot. I'm sad to see them fight, but it's going to be. And I, I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, take the under on that one, right? Take the yeah. <laughs> take the under. That one ain't. That one's probably not built for the whole distance. I don't think. Yo, Rothwell, I'll give him this, Luke. I'll give him this since coming to bare knuckle. He's had to show extreme heart in some fights, like. He's kind of like he's all in on this. You know what I'm saying? Like he's isn't he undefeated in BKFC? Yeah, and and he had a gut through when one in particular he had shown a lot of character and um, he's 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 ready for this, Luke. It's it's we've already seen it's not for everyone. Some people can really turn it into something. He might be one that can do that at this level because he's got quick hands and he's kind of awkward. So. We'll see there. Let's go to number two topic, Luke. We got a stream of interesting fights. How about UFC 296? Josh Emmett versus Giga Chikadze. Bang, bang. Yeah. Dude, poor Josh Emmett, man. He had a rough go with um, with with Yair. He had a rough go with Ilya and then right into Giga Chikadze. That's a fucking tough. I mean, you can imagine that. It's like you're going to fight Yair and then you're going to fight Taporia and then you're going to fight Giga Chikadze. It's like, bro, they're not giving you... <laughs> they're not giving you tune-ups i'll tell no, you that much dude, they are all. just they fed him to the lawnmower i mean it's all killer no filler dude that is <laughs> right insane. like yeah. at the end of his career people are gonna there's gonna be some fucking asshole out there who's gonna look at his resume and be like oh you lost to this guy and this guy and this guy whatever and maybe he beats giga we'll see but you what you cannot do is look at his resume and be like oh you didn't fight anybody bullshit he fought all the fucking hammers man so um that's a great fight for what's left of Josh Emmett's career. Giga Chikadze had that rebound that was semi-inspiring yes. against uh, our friend in you know uh, in, in name Alex Casares, and uh, but this is a whole to get a different challenge for Giga as well, right? I mean, Josh Emmett still has nuclear melt you one punch power, no matter what else has might have been taken away with age or or with damage. Fun fight, fun fight. And he has underrated tattoos, Luke. Some of them are underrated. So the coloring was really good in person. I will say that. Yeah. <clears throat> also, UFC 297, are you moved by Mike Malott versus Neil Magny? Mike Malott, the Canadian dude out of Team Alpha yes. Male, also has a big punch. Seems like he's still trying to figure some things out with his defense. Yeah, he wants uh, the Neil smoke, Luke. That might be a negative thing if he wants too much of it, you know? What do you mean? He oh, wants big fights. He wants to yeah. throw bombs. Like he wants to live. He's almost like Frivola. And I know Frivola uses a lot of skill yes. in there, and that's what makes him dynamic, but they're also going after it. That's right. That's exactly right. And so with with this one, it's a big – I think they're trying to see what they have with this Canadian guy. Like is he, is he really going to be somebody for us that we can build behind? Neil Magny, uh, you know, not what he once was, but still not going to be an easy test for anybody even in 2023 or 2024. 
So um, it's a good test. But the one that, you know, of all of these, bro, come on, it's the next one. Tell them what it is. Yeah, this UFC is the one for Austin. all the mobiles. December 2nd is UFC Austin. Benil Darius versus Armand Saruki. And there's a lot of man in there that night. Damn, this has some feeling of a potential crossroads-ish fight, but Darius is not going to go silently into the night, Luke. He's he's poised and primed, I'm sure, after you talk to him for another huge run. But I also think Saryukin's ready to make that turn for real now. You know what I mean? Like, he's close. Yeah. This is it. Because here's the thing. Remember, Saryukin went tooth and nail with Gamrot. Gamrot won. That's somewhat disputed. But Gamrot won, and you can also you know, very easily make a case for him in that fight. And then Gamrot went up against Dariush and had, didn't have much for him. Dariush was clearly better than him. Uh, was able to negate most of the wrestling, was able to work through scrambles, and was simply better on the feet and in other places as well. So if Saryukin, you don't want to play MMA math, but if Saryukin's going to do something in this fight, man, if he's going to really turn into the prospect he looks like he could have been, I should say the contender from the prospect that he's been, this is the this is a I mean this is as clear and valuable a challenge and clarifying uh, a fight as they basically get. So, yeah, huge fight in Austin on December second. Cannot wait for this one. Big. Yeah, time. that has like that has like extra bubbles of energy oh, on yeah. top of it. It's like massive you, it's stakes. Massive stakes. Yeah, please. I'll Do have people more of sleep that. on Benil Dariush? I was saying how good he was. I had people write me being like. Oh, he's not that good. Y'all are out of your fucking mind. Yeah. No, I was this late on him too. I was late on Bilal. I mean, I've been late on a few guys where you sort of sometimes miss that one part of them. I was late or, on Bilal as well. I or maybe you're looking for that one part of them that explains it all. But really, for everyone, there's not one thing that ties it together. Some people are just sort of really well-rounded and rise at the right time and sort of lean on whatever they need to lean on in the moment. And that can be sometimes hard to recognize when you're especially looking at others who are way flashier and you can yeah. miss it along the way yeah i mean listen he didn't have a great fight against charles right i mean i think he'd be the first to tell you that it just didn't go very well he didn't look very great in that contest but if you i think if you have any eye for any eye for detail you look at how thorough his anti-wrestling is and wrestling how I mean, his jiu-jitsu that's where the world he comes from there's something called the Darius guard and the striking under Rafael Cordero has become aggressive and and very good in combination he is highly experienced dude that's a and yes Charles is Charles but Benil Darius is hard to beat trust me trust me Hell yeah. All right, let me take you back to that UFC 296 card. So it was officially confirmed and announced by UFC, even though we've known the fights for a while. It's December 16th. It's the last uh, pay-per-view of the year in Las Vegas. I believe it's Colby Covington uh, in Edwards, Luke, along with Pantoja making his first title defense as the uh, main and co-main. Is, is it against Royval Pantoja, I believe? Um that's right. I I, Correct. I think I got that right. So also on that card is Josh Emmett, Giga Chikadze, which we already mentioned. Shamil Gaziev versus Martin Boudet is on that as well. Does that move you at all, Luke, or no? No, it does not. Okay. Well, what about this one? Cody Garbrandt is going to continue yeah. the comeback against Brian Boom Kelleher, former MMA B panelist, Luke, That's right. at this UFC 296. What do you make of that matchup? Because there's going to be a lot of hunger in that one, too. Kelleher had neck surgery that they had to do from the front to fuse and fix something in the back of his neck. And that is not a simple recovery. It's not an easy recovery. You know, he's a guy, he's a guy who's been a good UFC fighter, um, has had ups and downs, you know, has never really, I think, entered the top 15, but has 
like everybody else in this fucking division, very tough to beat. And uh, obviously has some great wins. He's one over Hunter Azure is one of my favorite wins for him. But the point being was there's some questions about him and his age and where he's going. And then Cody Garbrandt, need I tell you more about like what the fuck's going on with him? So you've got a bunch of guys here who are trying to figure out if there's going to be a future and if so, what it's going to look like. They got to get past the other guy here. Massive questions on both sides and very, very big stakes. Yeah. Uh, in this contest for this is you know you you know divisions are really strong when you've got guys who basically i think are both unranked and yet you're still like well this is this means a lot for yeah. both these guys and and tells you a lot about how strong the division is that you can be in these kinds of um, elevated and relevant positions and still not be anywhere near the front of the pack it's crazy i'll have to tell you luke uh brian boom Kelleher is a fun follow and he posts a lot of his uh, re re surgery recovery and it's and it seemed like it was a it's quick turnaround and, and he's been you know he's been at it so you Let know just say this though have you it. seen his terrible haircut you know i don't you know this is getting he boss tattoo level i mean isn't like the thought and you know and where he's at and <laughs> i mean isn't that enough luke what is this let me, this is let me say this he calls there. it the skullet because he's balding on top so then he grows a mullet while he's bald on top and i just need to tell people Giving bad haircuts names doesn't make them good haircuts. I yeah, don't know if joke. people know that or not. That's the joke. As long as you frame it as a joke, it still can get over. No, no, no. You still have a terrible haircut. Yeah. You still yeah. look like you lost a bet. And this this is the ass end of the losing of the bet. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't get to like, you know shave dicks into my beard and be like oh this is called the christmas tree no motherfucker like you just have dicks on your face that's that's it that's the whole story you can't just brand your way <laughs> into it you know what i'm saying i don't think that would fly in the boardroom i'm sorry sir you just have dicks all over your face you have dicks you know? all over your face yeah we call this the christmas tree no we call this getting fired get the fuck out <laughs> You know wow, what I'm saying? Wow. Like people yeah, will just yeah. brand terrible things and like now it's good. No, no. All right. What do you make of this, Luke? There was a bunch of suspensions from the Nevada Athletic Commission. Walt Harris gets one year for a positive drug test. D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez gets suspended until 2024 for a positive Osterine test. Yes. And Myra, Myra Bueno Silva uh, her win over Holly Holm is no more. That's now a no contest, and she gets suspended. Do we make conspiratorial connections to the USADA ending, or am I out of my ball? Am I out of my league here, Luke? No, I think some of these had been in motion for quite some time, and these are commission uh, issues. So the commission's not going to get around to it very quickly. They're just getting around to it now. I think the D Rod one is relatively minor. Um, I have not reviewed the Walt Harris case. My understanding about the Bueno Silva stuff is it's related to ADHD medicine, um, which she did not properly declare, declare and disclose, and so therefore the, they're overturning the win. I don't know how fair that is, but yeah, um, you know, you guys know my opinion on drugs. So, yeah, drugs win, the drugs war. They will always Luke win. Thomas, two thousand and twenty-three. Luke, we're gonna say goodbye on UFC roster cuts. You hate to see it, but some names of note in here. Former, uh, former title challenger, Jennifer Maya. You've got Portugal's Andre Fialho, Hannah Goldie. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. J.P. Bay's Carl Deaton, A.J. Fletcher, Fletcher, and the veteran John Macdessey. Uh, anything of note there, Luke, that you want to reflect upon? Um, the love triangle, not like with like J.P. No, we're done with. We don't. That's, no, that's- not really. The John Macdessey one is interesting. He'd been with the organization a really long time. I think something like nearing fifteen years, some absurd amount of time. Uh, and this, I don't know if it's related at all to him putting out the the pay stub essentially after fighting in Australia. Uh, I don't know if it's related or not, uh, but uh, yeah, that's a long run that he had that was celebrated for many, many times. But I think it's over now, obviously. All right, well, Luke, um... and I know, I know, the Hannah Goldie one has you just despondent. The I, I mean, this is look. I've become typecasted. You know what I mean. I'm a I'm a cartoon figure in a cartoon. Uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, let's keep it going here, Luke. And uh, I'm talking about keeping going from the idea of like, look, we know how old we are. We know the mileage we we have, the scars we carry. That doesn't mean we have to be fully washed, Luke. You know what I'm saying? We have a responsibility in this game, and that responsibility is staying fit for Tuki, yo. You know, yo, listen, let me tell you something. Here's a true thing. I've been studying this a little bit and studying is not quite the right word reading about it. Um, They're trying to figure out what are some of the metrics, uh, sports scientists, what are some of the metrics that most over uh, which ones tell you the most about people who suffer, who experience the highest quality of life past the age of 60 or 65. And for men, the number one thing that they can find is muscle mass muscle mass you have to maintain muscle mass to keep quality of life as you age and bc if you don't use it you're going to lose it movement is medicine don't forget that boys and girls that's what i'm talking about and you know what else i'm talking about luke i am talking about fitbod because everybody knows working out is full of positives like sleeping better looking better man how about just feeling better right that's right as you get stronger sticking to the same old routine uh, can lead to uh, plateauing and the results yeah you got to keep your momentum going and your progress positive and you can do that with fitbod the app creates personalized workouts based on your goals abilities gym setup while helping you track and visualize your progress along the way yeah all right bc i love the app and i've been consistently using it my results are what keep me coming back to the app in fact and fitbod has helped me push through moments that if I could be honest, I wasn't sure I was going to get through, but with the app, I was able to get it done. 
there you go. Whether you do it in your house like a normal person or right in your front yard, um, FitBot's powerful technology understands your strength, training, ability. They study your past workouts. They adapt to your available gym equipment. Like they're basically setting it up for you. Yeah, it's like this. It's 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 somehow, if you can believe this, it is actually smarter than the PFL Smart Cage. The app intelligently varies your intensity and volume and tracks muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout plan. And the app keeps your gym sessions fresh and fun by mixing up your workouts with new exercises, rep schemes, superset circuits. They got it all. And Luke, it's never been easier to get the results that you've always wanted. Tell them why they should check out FitBot, bro. Right now, get 25% off your subscription at fitbod.me slash combat with a K. Yeah, that's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash combat with a K. Don't, don't have the wrong lettering in there or you'll be subject to being all dead wrong. How about this for a transition? Every Friday, we stand trial to the sins we may or may not have committed <laughs> behind this microphone. <laughs> Health products from two. Yeah, here we go. We're trying not to die. We're trying to stay alive. But we give you the chance to email morningcombat at gmail.com. Mikey Mormile is the arbiter on the other end so that we don't have to accidentally see a stick pick or any. Like, I don't even want any. I don't want to be that close, Luke. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Not until not until I identify your body with missing organs and we're like, you know, it's tragic, but it's Shakespearean at the same time, right? That's one way to put it. I don't think Shakespearean is quite the right word, but, you know. All right, all right. Uh, this one's called Dead Wrong, yes. All right, Luke, I may have to rewatch uh, Habib versus Al raging al because people are killing me for my representation here's from Wayne. he says sorry not sorry bc is once again in deep shit for his terrible takes or dementia i'm not sure which is the point morning combat episode 503 at 38 minutes bc claimed in the final two rounds that habib was picked apart by ally aquinta he's dead wrong while al put up a spirited performance he was cleanly outstruck nearly two to one in both of those rounds according to fight metric with nothing of note really landing in favoring ayakinta how many Iaquinta, how, how am i supposed to pronounce that luke can you pronounce so it? i think because it's a he's italian it's quinta it's definitely not i've never heard i if it was spanish it'd be iaquinta it's yeah maybe i'm thinking of like uh laquinta like motels luke maybe yeah uh, well um so how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? All right, here's what I'm saying. I definitely saying didn't here. correct you in real time. I wasn't really listening very intently, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'll you're go back. wrong as shit. I'll go back and rewatch it. And, you know, yeah, we subject sometimes to, to misrepresenting our memories on fights. We, I mean, we watch every fight, Luke, okay? That's what it is. And, and we also have early uh, onset brain damage, apparently. But sometimes we miss it. But I think everybody's fighting the argument that I claimed – Al won both rounds clearly and beat the shit out of Habib. I may have been incorrect in the exaggeration of my memory of what I was trying to say. What I was really trying to say was that it surprised me that suddenly Al was finally connecting and a couple of them looked big. And at the same time, it did look like Habib was kind of like not out of gas, but really managing his gas tank. And, you know, I probably have never watched the fight a second time. So speaking of, of, possible blinded ignorance 
but I wasn't going the full Monty of like he was on the verge of pulling a split decision upset. Yeah, but you've been I, wrong about Habib a couple times. You were like, oh, Justin Gaethje was one leg kick away. It's okay, like, no, that's, look, you I, just don't know that. You just don't look, know that. There's audio from both that that I believe. I have to do a little research, but I believe if this was like a court case, like a high court was back in session with the dishonorable Chuck Mindenhall, that I believe I actually have quotes from them in evidence where I can piece together a very credible defense without the shadow of a doubt, Luke. Yeah, I don't, I don't I can think get... you can. But either way, you've been wrong about Habib. The truth is this, though. There was there was a thread you were pulling on, which was, remember, we all it, it was supposed to be Habib Tony, then it was Habib Max. Remember that? It was Habib Max Holloway for a while. And then and it was then Habib up... Pettis. People forget. It was Habib Pettis for like there six hours. There was like a few, and it ended up with Iaquinta. He was also on the card and blah, blah, blah. Everyone thought, oh, Habib's just going to run this guy over. And, of course, you know, it was one-sided. But Iaquinta went the full distance, if memory serves, right? And went to a decision. And there were people who were like, he couldn't, he couldn't finish him off. And then, you know, Iaquinta had, I think, a spirited fifth round. I don't know if you won it or not. But, you know, he certainly made, through a very difficult situation, like something of a decent account of himself. And yeah. that's what I think you're remembering. But it wasn't like he was getting his ass whooped and then just, well, you know. I got thrown into the fan of Habib fans who are aggressively overcorrecting. And I'm not saying this as a negative. I, I believe there's a lot of Habib super fans who believe like he's in discussion of the you know greatest of all time and don't feel that he gets the respect for whatever reason. And they're jumping into a lot of battles of trying to protect where in that case, I wasn't necessarily framing this as that proves Habib's not all that. I'm just saying that I always use this to set up toward the Connor fight. In hindsight, it's almost comical to myself that I picked Connor would knock out Habib, but I used whatever I saw at the end of that Al fight. If I'm looking for Canelo. if I'm looking for any thread to pull or whatever, you know, sort of. I, I think that's what I'm pulling on. I just think there was an overcorrection of outrage, but I'll take the L here because right. I got to go rewatch it. So um, then I'll speak with more clarity and. You know, if you already don't think I'm not, yeah, you know, whatever. All right, I'm dead wrong. This is where I... Mikey Luke, is this, saying, quote, this might be one of the most emails we have gotten and comments on YouTube. People were... And he put... Yeah, because caps. I think they think Trigger. I'm... I'm I think they think I'm tearing down Habib when in reality, I'm willing to make that argument that even though Habib didn't fight everybody that we wished he could have and all that, that he's at the top of that table in that discussion. He's in discussion, Luke. Is he better than... No, John Jones is my go. But Habib's not out of that discussion. I've, I've always made that case. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think what I would say is um, you have consistently undermined Habib a little along the way every time, like in the moment. And I think folks have, you know, rightly picked up on that. But you're not wrong in the big picture about some of the like the fair points you can say about Habib's resume. Like obviously yeah. it's amazing, but it is short lived relative to John Jones or something like that. In so. in me in me keeping alive what I do believe is truth, the idea that Gaethje was potentially one more cap strike away from putting Habib in peril, that's not me saying that you know, there's this gaping hole in Habib's game. Game, Dude, Habib had like two major injuries that he hit and just like fought through in that. And mm -hmm. still when the moment called for it, put Gaethje away in like the snap of his fingers. So like, <laughs> like, but I do believe that those kicks were, were adding to the pain that's already there. And Gaethje was closer than people realize. But Luke, maybe I'm, 
maybe I'm just a white belt um, co-host. You know what I'm so saying? So you'll see, you picked Connor to beat him. You thought Gaethje was one leg kick away. You thought yes. Ayaquinta pieced him up. And you no, wonder why Habib fans <laughs> might think you've lost your fucking mind. I mean, did they watch High Court episode two, Luke? I fought for that man, okay? Yeah, I, I would I would say that um, you're a Habib hater. And I think that I'm not a Habib no. hater. You know, Habib. you know what's true, though, is like I've always been like Habib's got like maybe my favorite game. You know, like, like which fighter's game? When you watched it play out, were you just like, holy shit, you know? Habib was kind of that guy for me, and so I've always really liked his game. And so for that reason, like, Habib fans have never really come for me because I don't think my takes have ever, you know, set them off. I, in general, I have, you know, really nice things to say about Habib. Uh, you, on Yo, the I'm other on, hand, have shown... No, I'm on Team Habib, dude. I don't understand this No, game. but what I'm I've saying always... is, wouldn't you agree his fan base and then, to an extent, Makachev's fan base? Dude, they're like... Uh, They'll come for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they well, they well, they collect the scalps along the way. Yeah, I respect that they mount up and they're like, because they, look, if you're Habib, you you should again, you should play that angle and fight for that respect. We never saw that guy lose. I mean, the Tebow fight was weird, but we never saw that guy lose. Okay, Luke, you know what I mean? We didn't. And too bad we never saw the Tony fight. Let's keep going on the dead wrongs. This one's from Christian on episode 499 at two hours 34 minutes during. Have you seen this shit? BC showed the tremendous lung capacity of Justin Gaethje, who took a killer dab rip from an Avatar Glass and WJC Customs collaboration Starship Bong Rig. Luke estimated this piece to be in the price range of $1,000. I'm here to tell you you're dead wrong. While mm. I can't find a source for this particular piece, a Reddit no post... Evidence. A Reddit post describes it as valued as $20,000, perhaps a dubious source. So I've linked the glass shop listed in the original IG post, which has a similar piece priced at an astounding $50,000. It turns out these are one-of-a-kind pieces that take months to produce. Luke, step up your knowledge, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I guess I'm not doing drugs you know, advanced enough. I, I'm yeah. not sure. You're not doing enough drugs for drugs to win so, drugs. Dude, I, this is true. So, like, you can go to these stores here. So, DC's weird, right? So, yeah, technically, marijuana is decriminalized here, and some possession is allowed, right? But they, you're not supposed to be like that. And there are designated, you know, I've got mine here. i got mine here. I'm going to put it way back. But your boy has his own, you know, card, right, that I use to get into the joints to for the uh, dispensaries, right? The thing about it is they have these other stores that just that just open up and sell weed because it's in this legal gray area. So, like, you don't need a card. You can just go in and you can buy all the weed you want. And I went into one of those stores, and the dude working there was hitting a gravity bong. And it was the most insane bong I'd ever seen in my life. And then I asked him how much it was, and I think it was going to be like 500 bucks. And he was like, this one is $2,000. And I was like, I never even heard of bongs being $2,000. I never, I literally never even heard of it. So if there's $50,000 bongs, just bury me with that. Just give me that and let me go. You know what I'm saying? Just, okay, <laughs> just shoot me into you, a, the, uh, the sun and let me hit that on the way. Okay, if you took the same rip that Gaethje did in that video, would you pass out within, within a minute and a half, you think? I'd vomit first <laughs> and then pass out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Again, he went out doing what he loved. So, um, 
Wow. Uh, Mikey is saying signing bonus for the next contract, $50,000 bong or the leaf blower weed thing BC shows yeah. all the time on Heavy. Yeah. I want one of them joints. I want someone yeah. with a hair dryer with marijuana smoke blasting me like a dog sticking his head out of the car window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If we get the, the uh, squirrel bait guy, you know, the, that's right guy. And he brings like some apparatus, yeah. but then he's going to wear the American flag on his, like a true American Luke. And you're, he's going to yeah, disgrace yeah, yeah. the flag in your eyes. And that, then we'll have like a debate. And then, you know, we'll be storming the steps with, Uncle Pat, Luke, probably. Hey, one more dead wrong here from Daz. Aloha, Donks, during episode 501, uh, one hour 53. BC, in referring to his own image on the Scooby-Doo-themed average Joe Art shirt, said, I'm like scrappy, basically. BC, while you might be scrappy, average Joe Art clearly drew you as shaggy, Scooby's best friend, and not scrappy, Scooby's nephew. Mahalo and congrats on 500 episodes. It's Daz. Uh, yeah. Mahalo right back at you, Daz. But uh, I guess I am, I'm dead wrong in that case, Luke. It's not scrappy. It's shaggy. Of course it it's is. It's shaggy. Yes. Shaggy, who was an incel who probably listened to Kiss, but he did drugs and he was chill. He didn't get yes. any fist fights. You know what I'm saying? And then he went on to be shaggy too dope and, and saying clown posse, probably. <laughs> probably and drank a lot I of I like how yet. you can name the the, the, the the lead rappers of ICP, but you don't know who Scooby-Doo's handler is. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Also, Luke, you know, we're just that's why we have a, an accountability segment like Dead Wrong, because they allow us to just, you know, just speak in front of these microphones. Just 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 blather, Luke. Just. You know what I mean? Listen, you you bloated, drunk <laughs> Lithuanian move on with the segment. That's it. That's the end of the segment. That's the end of the show. Thank you to um uh, FanDuel Sportsbook for sponsoring our OK Bet segment. Uh, we're going to go head to head again, and I'm ready, Luke. Okay, I'm ready for it. Let's do right. it this week. I'm going to take you downtown. UFC 294. Are you going to go live, local, and late breaking as soon as that Abu Dhabi affair ends Saturday? Ladies and gentlemen, there is only one place to be: YouTube.com/slash Morning Combat. As soon as that main event for UFC 294 is over, come right back here. We'll have results, analysis, your questions answered, uh, the whole nine yards. Join me, the 294 Morning Combat post-fight show. Love it, love it. Uh, Mikey said there were extra dead wrongs that were actually Mikey's fault, Luke. He had gotten called out for misspellings on the air and wrong <laughs> records on OK Bet. So, yes, Mikey gets R. Kelly every once in a while, too, Luke. But that man I'm going to pee on going. you. That's what yeah, I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, you're in luck. Yeah. Drip, <laughs> right, drip, drip. There we go. Uh, shout out to Mikey Mormal behind the scenes. That's Luke Thomas. Dude, I'm your boy, BC. Hey, do you know who Cameron is, the rapper? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay, so Cameron is one of my favorite rappers. Like, I love Cameron, okay? And he does a show with Mace, the other guy. You remember, I remember Mace, the rapper. You mean Mace and Betha? Uh, well, he became... he. Be, it's The show is called... Um, uh, what the fuck's the name of that show? It's, got, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a play on words for like... Anyway, do you know who their football correspondent is? No. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real? O.J. Simpson is their football analyst. I was like, what? The oh, yeah, it is what it is, is the name of the show. It is what it is. Dude, Cameron might be the funniest fucking guy on the internet. Okay. He is so genuinely hilarious. Do they deadpan O.J. or do they, like, sling at him, too? 
they definitely do bits and skits and bits with him. They definitely do skits and they do murder bits with him. Oh no! Are you serious? Do I need to like drop everything? Not, watch not this? quite, not quite. But you know, they definitely kind of lean into. Hey, OJ, remember when you killed those motherfuckers? Like they kind of lean into it a little bit. It's like the weirdest shit. But Cameron is Cameron is a genius. He's he's fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, shout out also Luke to my morning jacket for tearing ass last night. Luke. Just There's all white folks, huh? Just I, got, all I bought the folks. poster too. Look, I even bought the poster. I was so yeah. in. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Could you tell the difference racially between a My Morning Jacket audience and a Klan rally? Is there wow. racially wow. any difference? Wow, dude, that's such an aggressive leap. That's not even like. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not saying that the people there are racist. Far oh, from it. God. What I'm saying is, just doing a head count on wow. who's there. Could you tell the difference between that and a Klan rally? No, this was not a recruiting event, Luke. Wow, I can't believe you would go there. But uh, also, morningcombat.store is our fine, forget about uh, our fantastic merch home. And don't forget, Average Joe Art 2.0, the collaboration. Uh, it's still there. It's it's back. There's new items. you got to check it out. Morningcombat.store. You see Luke's chest right there. That's I'd say that's my favorite average Joe one, but yeah. dude, the, the wrestling one, the wrestling mask one is now on there. Like, check yeah. it out, please, everybody, check it out. It is. You see, I will tell you that the Pantera audience, they a lot of people who looked like Dog the Bounty Hunter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, I think that guy's fascinating, Luke. Despite the whole other, I mean, you know, he's I, the original Tiger King. You know, I mean, he's yeah. not really wheeling and dealing with tigers, but he just treats poor people like that. You know, well, he was always like the Hulk Hogan of bounty hunters, but then he like followed that idolization all the way to the N word, and it was just it was yeah. it was shameful. He was like, you know, yeah, he was like, I'm just gonna just gonna let the N word fly. We're yeah, like, well. he's like, I'm just method acting. You know, I'm just following Terry's lead here. Yeah, no, 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 dog. No, Dwayne. Yeah. Remember when his son was like an MMA fighter for a hot second, Luke? Yeah, he was. Episode? He was actually an MMA fighter like when Dog was really popular. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I used to get down with that show in like a uh, aggressive level, Luke, okay? I could be wrong about this. I don't think he fought on the prelims of an Elite XC show, but there was a parent company uh, that owned Elite XC as well as other properties called Pro Elite. Yes. And I think he did fight on the prelims of a pro elite card. I believe that's right. And his his boxing coach was that dude, Sonny, who got into that fight with, uh, was it Don Fry that was captured on camera and, like, beat the piss out of him? You know, know what I'm talking I don't about? Know. I don't All know. right. Some people, those that know, certainly no, they know that that's the show for the week. So you've heard all of our sellings. Anything else I'm missing here, Luke? Uh, just, just that reminder. Tomorrow the content continues. We're gonna have you covered. Yes. Post fight UFC 294. Join me. We're gonna be. I love these afternoon cards because I still have energy. I'm not doing it at one in the morning. I'm gonna be doing it at five in the afternoon. Absolutely. And we have big energy, renewed spirit. We're coming. We're coming, guys. This, let's go. This is why you vote for us for awards so we can do big shit. We're going to start doing some big shit, Luke. Let's turn this life around, okay? Uh, my liver I mean, numbers. First, you need are... to bring your equipment. I think that's a first. Yeah, I should work on you the know. sound. My liver numbers are in a great place. I mean, Luke, let's let's go. Let's get to the next level of living. Are you ready? Are you coming on this journey, Luke? Let's let's bang these hoes. Let's get out there <laughs> and bang them. <laughs> I'm uh, feeling that's these your... margaritas, Brian Campbell. Yeah, exactly, Brian Campbell. Thank you very much. That's Luke Thomas. I am Brian Campbell. Tip your waitresses. Take care of your uh, head, and don't forget our post-show Saturday UFC 294. 
And that's the show we are out of here. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.